1: Yes, indeed, it is, and a good morning to you, seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we're up and rolling. It's a Tuesday, the seventh morning of the ninth month of the year. Excuse me, where did I get that? I just literally looked at my clock, my digital clock, and changed it to the date. I literally just said seventh morning of the ninth month, (laughs) as in seventh minute of the ninth hour of this day. It's the 19th morning of the 10th month. That's a little bit better. In the year of our Lord, 2021. Oh, my. Uh We're off to a rousing start. Uh Bad news for you today. Sorry, but Peter Kersenow is off. Peter will be with me tomorrow at 930. Um, he has a schedule shift. You know, it's amazing. I don't even know how you can do this show every week anyway. He gives us almost an hour every week, despite all of his work uh, as an attorney, as a civil rights commissioner, as an author, as a columnist, and so forth. Uh, It's crazy. Uh, But Pete will be with us tomorrow. Coming up on the program today at 935, uh, former Senator Jim DeMint will be joining us. We're going to talk to him about some of the important issues of the day and also also about his uh, new book, Satan's Dare. And uh it's really a fascinating read. Um and we're gonna talk a little bit about what he means by that. He had a, kind of an epiphany uh years ago that he finally put into words, and it's uh it's gonna be very I think very um inspirational for you. And it's gonna be very eye opening for you. So Senator Jim DeMint will be joining us at uh nine thirty five. And then at ten ten, in Peter's place, I have slotted Jeff Fulmer. Jeff Fulmer is the President of the CPPA, the Cleveland Police Patrolmen's Association. Jeff wants to talk about, and I want him to talk about, uh, Issue 24 in the upcoming election. This this is extraordinarily important to the people of Cleveland, and as it is important to Cleveland, it's important to all of us, especially any of us who work in Cleveland, even if you don't live there. If you work in Cleveland, do you visit in Cleveland? Do you recreate in Cleveland? Do you want to be safe in Cleveland? If you have, uh, If Issue 24 passes... You can kiss all of that goodbye. I can tell you this, I will not go into Cleveland unless I absolutely have to. Unless it's mandatory for something that I just cannot do without uh, if Issue 24 passes. Issue 24 would create oversight of the police department by citizens, activist citizens, who essentially hate police, who will be judging everything they do and their uh, ability to do it. And it's going to lead to, according to Jeff Fulmer and others, it's going to lead to a mass exodus. Cleveland police are already about 150 officers short of being fully staffed, which means you're already being underserved in terms of patrol cars and trying to, you know, zone cars and trying to fight crime. And according to what we are hearing, they're going to be down by another 300 or so by spring if issue 24 passes. As voluntary retirements, quitting, uh, you know, resignations, whatever the case might be, uh, cops do not, are not going to want to work in a place where their freedom is not going to be guaranteed, their safety is not going to be protected because they no longer have uh, the support of police themselves, that they are going to be uh, at, the, uh, at the mercy of, of citizen activists who hate cops. So that's a big deal. We're going to talk about uh, Issue 24 with Jeff Fulmer at 1010. So there you have it. Former Senator Jim DeMint, uh, CPPA President Jeff Fulmer, and, of course, you at 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Uh, let's take uh, this moment now to begin our program before we get into the news of the day uh, for our Pledge of Allegiance. Let's take this time to stand. If you are a patriot, please do so. Face your flag if you have one nearby. If you don't, that's okay. Put your hand over your heart and join us for the pledge. If you are a leftist, if you are a Biden voter, if you are uh, an anti American socialist in training, well, don't even bother standing. We know how you feel. Go ahead and take your knee. It's what we expect from you.
2: I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible. With liberty and
1: justice for all you know we uh, used to live in a free country, um, and I hope to be able to to do that one day again. I am growing less confident by the day that we are going to be able to. I want to give you a couple of examples of what i 'm talking about. As Joe Biden gets set to expand his mandate, which is already in place for federal employees and federal contractors, he can do that, which he did. And as he gets set to use OSHA and the transportation or excuse me, the um, uh, not the transportation department, uh, the uh, the, uh, health and human services department and the labor department in order to uh, push uh, mandates on employers who have employees uh, totaling 100 or more. As we watch all of these things happen, companies are reacting, and they are preemptively putting mandates on their employees, and it's leading to some very, very sad and tragic circumstances. One of these is ESPN, ESPN, owned by ABC, which is owned by Disney, uh, or excuse me, Disney, which is owned by ABC, rather. ABC is the parent corporation, but they have put the vaccine mandate on all the employees under their umbrella. And Allison Williams, a very popular reporter on ESPN, is one of those uh, unfortunate souls who has put her own health and her own values ahead of her job as it pertains to this mandate. She recorded a video on Instagram yesterday explaining why it is that she's going to be uh, no longer on ESPN. And I want you to listen to it very carefully. And if you, you know, depending on who you are, you may need to grab a tissue because I find it very, very, very sad Um, as you listen to this woman describe her freedom that has been taken away from her because it should resonate with all of us as it may indeed be taken away from all of us. This is just one example of many that I have to share with you this morning.
3: So I know I've been a bit uh, mum since releasing the statement I put out a few months ago now regarding my decision to not receive the COVID-19 vaccine. I just want to give everybody an update on my situation with ESPN. And a great producer once told me, don't bury the lead. So I have been denied my request for accommodation by ESPN and the Walt Disney Company. And effective next week, I will be separated from the company. Um, First of all, thank you, everyone who reached out and texted, emailed, called, um, messaged me. I can't tell you how much light it brought in a really dark and difficult time. And I've also had a lot of people and women in particular reach out and share their stories in regards to fertility and getting the injection. And to the women who got it and and are having successful pregnancies and have babies in their arms... I'm beyond thrilled for you. Um, congratulations. That's, that's amazing and terrific. And I, I believe you. To the women who have reached out and shared their experiences of getting the injection and subsequent miscarriages, menstrual irregularities, um, periods after menopause, I am so sorry that that is your experience. And I pray for you. And um, I believe you. Belief is a word I've been thinking about a lot lately because in addition to the medical apprehensions regarding um, my desire to have another child in regards to receiving this injection, I am also so morally and ethically not aligned with this. And I've had to really dig deep and analyze my values and my morals. And um, ultimately, I need to put them first. And the irony in all this is that a lot of those same values and principles I hold so dear are what made me a really good employee and probably helped with the success that I've been able to have in my career. And it wasn't that long ago that those values, sorry, were aligned with the Walt Disney Company. In April, they sent out an email to all cast members, as they call employees, saying that they believed the vaccine was the best way forward but ultimately that the decision to get it was a personal decision their values have clearly changed i understand that i know um, i don't know what it's like to run a multi-billion dollar company and to have sure. shareholders and board members and financial quotas to answer to and not to mention societal and i'm sure political pressures so i respect that their values have changed i had hoped they would respect that mine did not. And ultimately, I cannot put a paycheck over principle. And I will not sacrifice something that I believe and hold so strongly to
1: maintain a career. I'm going to stop it there because I think you understand. And I'm going to ask what happened to a nation um that forces a young woman like this to have to make a choice like this. That you can either have your career and continue broadcasting on ESPN, being successful, happy, and healthy, or you can choose to have a baby and not want to put that baby at risk. What kind of a nation would force a woman like this to make that choice? You can't have both. You see, if you want to have a baby and if you want to maintain your health as best you see fit, you have to give up your career. If you want to keep the career, you are going to have to take the shot and therefore perhaps choose not to have the baby. As she pointed out, she has done the research and she has heard from many, many women who have suffered terrible things after getting the vaccine, including miscarriages, including, as she pointed out, menstrual uh, abnormalities. Women who had already had menopause suddenly having periods again because they got the vaccine. She's heard it all. She's not willing to put her reproductive health in jeopardy in order to keep her job. And I want to know in what country should she have to make that choice? Reproductive health or job? And what nation, what free country should that be the situation? She's asking solely to have the right to make her own choices about what kinds of medication slash drug cocktails slash vaccines in the looser sense of the word that she puts into her body that may impact her and her unborn child or unborn children potentially to come. She's asking for the right to make her own biological choices and not lose her career over it. And she can't. And she's one of millions and tens of millions of Americans facing the same thing. Nurses, doctors, other health professionals being fired because they refuse to take the vaccine. And as a result, hospital worker shortages are denying people care. Hospital employees, health care professionals are down so much so that people cannot go in and get care. How is va- max, let me try that again. How is mandating vaccines in the public health, in the interest of public health, if public health is actually compromised by it? How is it in the interest of public safety if police officers are fired from their forces for refusing to take a vaccine? That they don't have comfort, they're not comfortable with, or they don't have a belief in. How's that going to protect people? How's that going to protect the public health? How's that going to protect public safety? If all of these mandates are supposedly in the interest of public health, societal health, why are so many people going to die because of it? And why are so many people like that thirty-something sports reporter for ESPN? How is she supposed to sacrifice her family decisions all in the interest of keeping her job and taking a big pharma profit shot that she doesn't want? This is not the free country that I was born in. This is not the free country I was raised in. This is not the free country that I lived in 19 months ago. But after 19 months of lockdowns, violations of our rights, violations of, of the First Amendment, and now violations of our own right to choose what goes into our own bodies, after 19 months of that, I am afraid to say the truth. This is not a free country any longer. I am willing to fight to get that free country back, But I don't know if we'll ever see it again unless tens of millions of us line up to fight together. I've got more stories just like that one coming up, and I want your reaction to them at 216-901-0945 right here on The Authority. Download the free
0: WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store.
1: So I just gave you one story, and there are so many more. Uh, I just thought that Allison will uh, Williams, a lot of people. Have- yeah, sorry. Uh, I, ju- I just thought that Allison will, Williams' story was so moving and so heartfelt and so sincere. Here's another example, though. Here's another example. If you're a college football fan, you know what the Power Five is the big uh, the big five Power Five conferences. Did you know that a head coach is now out of a job this morning at a Power Five school? Because, not because of his team lost too much, not because his players weren't graduating, not because of anything having to do with the program, breaking any laws. But did you know that this coach is out of a job this morning because he chose to protect his own health uh, choices, to protect his own rights to his own medical um, decision-making? Washington State football coach Nick Rolovich is out. He's been fired. Over the past several months... The Cougars head coach has been the subject of speculation that he will not be allowed to coach past yesterday's deadline that requires in the state of Washington, thanks to Governor Jay Inslee, that all employees in the state will be required uh, to be vaccinated against COVID or have an approved exemption. Coach Wolovich and his unvaccinated assistants were terminated by the university yesterday for cause. That means they don't even get any severance. They don't get any portion of their contracts paid for cause because they made their own medical decisions. In August, a state mandate put through by the governor, Governor Jay Inslee, required all employees working K-12 through up through higher education to be vaccinated, including university employees. If they were working in school facilities, they had until October 18th to be fully vaccinated or be fired. The coaches were fired yesterday. Again, I will ask you, in what kind of country does a man or a woman have to choose between his way of life, his, his ability to provide for his family, his job, his career, and his own personal medical health decisions? In what way is this a free country if this is going on? At about the same time as the head football coach at Washington State University was being fired for not taking a profit shot, sold and pushed without any care or concern for the people by Big Pharma, a Washington State trooper submitted his resignation, saying this is my final sign-off. After 22 years of serving the citizens of the state of Washington, I'm being asked to leave because I'm dirty. Numerous fatalities, injuries, I've worked sick, I've played sick, buried lots of friends over these years. I'd like to thank you guys. I'd like to thank the citizens of Yakima County as well as my fellow officers within the Valley. Without you guys, I couldn't have been very successful. You kept me safe and got me home to my family every night. Thank you for that. Wish I could say more, but this is it. So, State 1034, this is the last time you'll hear me in a state patrol car. And Jay Inslee can kiss my ass. End quote. I apologize for that graphic term at the end, but this is exactly what the state trooper recorded and said, and guess what? It deserves to be repeated. He is telling the governor that this is wrong. Taking a man's career, his livelihood away from him because he made a personal health decision about what is right for him and what is not, that's not a free country. Neither is it a free country, When a man in the middle of a divorce is denied visitation rights with his three-year-old daughter because a judge said, you're dirty, you're not vaccinated, so you don't get to see your child. That's another story that I'll tell you about. I've got lots of them. And that makes me very sad. It makes me very angry. And I don't want to have to share them with you, but if I don't tell you about the pain and the suffering that these mandates are causing, then we will forget what we're fighting for. 216 901 888 1110 We'll discuss this and more with former Senator Jim DeMint coming up on AM 1420, The Answer.
0: There are two sides to every story. There's the mainstream media side, and then there's the truth. You are experiencing the truth. The Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer.
1: Okay, 9.36, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. A special treat for you this morning. A great, great uh, conservative man who has served this country in so many different ways. As the United States Senator from South Carolina, as the President of the Heritage Foundation, and also the founder of the Senate Conservatives Fund, he has fought for conservative principles, which are American principles, which are constitutional principles, really every step of the way. And, of course, I speak of former Senator Jim DeMint, joining us now on AM 1420, The the answer senator good morning sir how are you
4: bob uh, i appreciate that introduction it's great to be with you and uh, your whole intro had a lot to do with the truth and that's what i'd like to talk about today
1: well, I would be more than happy to get some after all of the misinformation I continue to get from the current administration and the current legislature. So uh, I am more than, more than, more than happy to receive truth from you. And I want to talk a little bit too uh, about your book, your book, Satan's Dare. I read your letter explaining why you wrote it. I found it fascinating, and I think there's a lot of great stuff that our listeners would appreciate as well. But first, let's start, if we could, Senator. You know, when you talk about the truth, um, let's talk about the. Public health and public safety, and the interest um, uh, in those things that are expressed by the administration uh, and uh, the, by uh, the far left, quite frankly, and and how 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 devoted to anything but the truth they really are. That's an awkward way of saying they're telling us that we all must receive a vaccination. Uh, 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 I call it a big pharma profit shot because that's what these are. These are shots intended only to make profits for the big pharmaceutical companies and their partners that are in uh, various levels of our federal government. But they're telling us that in the interest of public safety, you have to take the shot. But Senator DeMint, if you don't take the shot and you're a nurse or a healthcare worker, you're fired. If you don't take the shot and you're a police officer, you're fired. And guess what? People are exercising their own choice, their own rights to making their own medical choices, and they are indeed being fired. Now we have an absence or a shortage of police officers, a shortage of health care workers. How, sir, is that then in the interest of public safety and public health?
4: Well, you know it's not. And and I don't think they're telling us the truth or or they know the truth about COVID, about the virus, about the vaccine itself, there are a lot of indications that it's not working as well as they promised that it would work, and and to force people to take it, particularly younger people, um, when we know that, uh, I mean, this, this data shows that young people have less risk of COVID than they do of um, the regular flu. So all all of this um, hysteria has, has more to do with just government control than it does Public health. Because if I take a vaccine and you don't, uh, you're the one at risk. I'm not. You're not really. Supposedly, if they're telling us the truth about the vaccine, you don't cause me any risk. So you're not a public health risk to me. So the things they're saying are, are not consistent. Um, and um, so, but uh, it, it's it seemed. I knew from the beginning they jumped on this too quick. They said you can't go to church, you can't do this, and even before there was any good reason to do that uh, so it, it's, it's hard to blame people for not trusting the government at any level when they say you have to get a vaccine uh, I think it should be a person's choice I think we should get people the best information we can tell them who is most at risk let people make their own decisions about these kind of
1: things well you 're approaching this from the, the right vantage point um, now let 's approach it from the Biden vantage point where he has not only mandated vaccines for and again I keep they 're not truly vaccines in the in the normally accepted uh, definition of the word these are not vaccines these are experimental drug cocktails essentially uh, that are not vaccines uh, insofar as providing uh, you know dead materials uh, in order to uh, to like a flu shot would be in order to fight an infection. But these uh, these drug cocktails, these profit shots, are being mandated for all federal employees and contractors by uh, President Biden, as you know. And now he is all set to have OSHA uh, uh, and the um, uh, Labor Department force all employees of companies and employers who have 100 workers or more into getting these as well. It's going to affect some 80 to 100 million Americans, and millions of them are going to refuse because they believe in liberty. They believe in what this country once stood for, and that is the freedom to make up their own minds about their own bodies. Um, yeah. So I ask you, Senator DeMint, you spent all of this time in the Senate, you spent all of this time working so hard to protect liberty. Um, what is your reaction to this mandate that has not yet been handed down, but as we are promised, is coming from the Labor Department? Well,
4: p- people have got to, to rise up and, and throw out these government officials. I mean, we have an election next month in Virginia. It, the, the choices are pretty obvious, Uh and it relates to this vaccine as well as a number of other issues. If, if they just continue, if people don't stand up, like we see some people in Virginia at school board meetings, that hopefully that's the beginning of, of, uh, of, of just a ground up, um, pushback against these government officials who, um, are irresponsible in how they're running our states and our country and and they're certainly overstepping their authority when they are t- telling people what kind of medicines that they can take and, and and importantly which ones we can't take. one of the things that's most curious about this whole thing is if, if you have the virus, we know there's some antiviral drugs that have helped, yet you don't you can't get them in most cases unless you get into the hospital and you're about to die. Um they're not using the treatments that they know will relieve symptoms and so that's right I, i'm suspicious about the whole thing uh and but it, the i can tell you the politicians are not going to fix it americans have got to get out and vote in their state elections this year next year needs to be a wave election and if republicans are given the majority again we need to expect more of them than we than they've given us in the past
1: we are talking with former Senator from South Carolina, Jim DeMint, on AM 1420. The answer, you know, in your response just now, you said the words school board and in separate a separate sentence, you said overstepping their bounds. Let's combine those two things now. The... Attorney General of the United States is telling, uh, the FBI to prepare to investigate parents who go to school board meetings and complain and, and express their dissatisfaction with the direction of some of the curricula, including critical race theory, including oftentimes pornographic gender and sex education theory, including, uh, uh, as well as the COVID-19 mandates and masking and so on and so forth. I've never seen anything quite like this, to have a non-government organization like the National School Boards Association demand that the President of the United States do something, and then within a matter of two or three days, he does exactly that. They sent that letter to Joe Biden, based on Loudoun County, Virginia, as you know. Uh, Joe Biden sent the word to Merrick Garland, and within a day, Merrick Garland had ordered the FBI to start investigating uh, parents as potentially domestic terrorists. Senator DeMitt, what's going on?
4: Um, I think uh, this is horrible. I mean, for the federal government to get involved with local school boards is a problem in and of itself. And to deem parents who who are legitimately complaining about things that uh, shouldn't be in the schools anyway, uh, to say that they're terrorists is, um, uh, or even to imply that they are, is uh, a step way too far. And, again, I'm proud of the parents who are standing up. But it brings to mind the most important issue of our time, is those parents need to be able to pull their kids out of school and, and put them in a school that teaches what they believe. And the money that we spend on these public school students should follow that student wherever the parent wants them to go. Amen. It, it's common sense. We should not be funding these government schools. We should be funding the students. And, and that would create a a, a just a... Um, just a plethora of, of different kinds of schools that fits children's needs. But what's being taught in our schools today that America is bad? That they founded on slavery? That it's mm-hmm. a racist country? I mean, there's nothing good that can come from this.
1: Senator Dement, you came into this interview talking about truth. I want to read a line from your letter explaining why you wrote your book, Satan's Dare. The death of truth is evident throughout our culture, our education system, our media, our politics, and much of the Christian church. Can you explain what that means as it pertains to Satan's dare? Yeah, Satan's dare
4: is a a novel, uh, but I turned it into a novel after years of researching science and the truth of the Bible, uh, because I believe the country is declining because the Christian church is declining, and the Christian church is declining because... Uh, Christians no longer believe the Bible is true. They're not able to defend it. So this book, while it's a love story, it deals with characters that I think everyone can relate to and situations that we've all been through, questions we all ask about uh, why we're here and why why does God allow so much evil. But in the middle of this, it it, it, it confirms the truth of the Bible. And And the reason that's important to politics, because the book's not political, but America was founded on Judeo-Christian ideas that come straight out of the Bible. We, we've thrown the Bible out of schools, out, out of public discourse, and somehow we expect to continue to get civility and truth and freedom, and, and that's just not going to happen. Um, the, the, the Bible tells us that we're going to be free and we're going to know the truth when we know God, and that's going to come through the Bible. And that sounds old-fashioned now, and but the reason we're getting all this built taught in our schools that we see incivility that we want socialism more than freedom, it really goes back to the fact that you're either going to have God as your God or government, and uh, we can't have two masters. But so Satan's Dare I've been told is a great story to read. Uh, it's um, I think very profound in the truth that uh, these these characters discover. Uh, It includes classes of college students wrestling with what the Bible says, what science says, and it turns Mm -hmm. out that science proves that the Bible is true, but people need to take the time to read it. So I I would just encourage people to to read Satan's Dare. The the title came from the first chapter of Job, where Satan dares God to take away Job's blessing, saying that Job would, would curse God if he did. And I think Job is kind of um, um, a, a character that represents all human beings uh, because we all go through this tragedy and stuff. And while it may sound separate to, okay, let's, if we know the truth of the Bible, um, that w- will set us free. I mean, Jesus told us that. Uh, it may sound like it doesn't relate to politics, but I can tell you the reason the country's going downhill is that we've lost the sense of our foundation judeo-christian ideas and satan's dare defends those ideas without ever being political
1: I uh, I could not agree more with that. And, and I will be political, however, and say this is why those of us who count ourselves as conservatives on the ideological scale do so, because we believe in those Judeo-Christian values, which, as you say, were literally born in the Bible and advanced in our culture and made us the great culture we are, which is why we defend them against the attacks of those who would destroy them. I want to ask you one other question about the book and about a, a kind of a you know the existential nature of this of this discussion uh, about suffering you describe Satan's dare as being a story of people through suffering questions, debate and searching, s- discovering truth, and a purpose for their lives. And you talk about God did create the, the physical universe, but you ask this, again, existential question. Why did God create a physical world so full of pain and suffering and death? How could God be in control of all things when there is so much evil in the world? And these are things that we look at the Holocaust, and we look at nine eleven. you know, we look at some of the just the, the horrific things that man has been allowed to do to man uh and to itself and you say how if if god is out there and in control how does he allow those things to happen and i know you explore that in this book
4: yes i do and it goes back to this whole idea of satan's dare is why did god allow all job who was a good man who worshiped god why did he allow him to suffer in, in, in such a terrible way and, and, and it could be, and the main theory of the book is that God, because of his, his, his righteousness, his justice, um, in, the need to give people freedom has, have to allow people to choose between good and evil. And in this uh, physical world, uh, just by nature, we all choose to go a different way. And when God takes away our blessing, we, de- we defeat Satan when we continue worship God. And so in the middle of pain and suffering, the conclusion of the characters as they search through is that we have to go through this physical world to prove Satan wrong. Uh, despite everything we have to go through, if we still worship God, and we're still grateful, um, then we prove Satan wrong and God right. And, and so that's the journey a lot of the characters take, and so there are many pages to get to that simple point I just made. But that's the question that has caused a lot of people to throw uh, this idea of God in the Bible out is that why does God allow so much suffering and evil? And he does it for a reason. Uh, and there's another side too. We come out of the other side in, in a, in a beautiful, beautiful new heaven uh, on a, on a beautiful new earth. And I hope people will take the time to read Satan's Dare because I've found that it, it confirms the faith of people who already believe. And it challenges skeptics to ask some serious questions about why they don't believe.
1: It's uh, I described it before you came on in the first half hours. I promoted this as, as being inspirational. It's a, it's a unique kind of inspiration because of what you just said. It does both things. It kind of reinforces the beliefs of the faithful, and it challenges that of the skeptics and hopefully brings them back to a point where they can truly uh, have that faith as well. Senator Jim DeMint, uh, thank you for talking about the current state of this country and some of the things that we are fighting for. Uh, you've done that for your entire career, as I said, both in the House and in the Senate and with the Heritage. Foundation and more. Thank you for the great fight, and thank you for telling us about Satan's Dare as well.
4: Thanks so much for having me.
1: I appreciate that, sir. All right, Senator Jim DeMint, former senator from South Carolina. The book is Satan's Dare. Get it and read it. It is, uh, as he said, it's researched. It seems like it was researched to not be a novel. It was researched to be just a you know an informative uh, look at it, uh, you know at um, the role of faith in our country. And the lack of faith and how it's been cast aside uh, in the interest of political advancement for for certain individuals. But he turned it into a novel so that you can kind of really relate to the characters involved. I think it's a fantastic read and uh, highly recommend. Okay, I've got 952, and that means we'll have a time out here. We'll come back with phone calls on AM 1420 The Answer. Okay, nine fifty-six. Let's get a couple of phone calls in here before the top of the hour. Don't forget, uh, Peter Kersenau is off today. He will be on tomorrow at nine thirty-five. So, uh, lest you think you're not going to get your Kersenau fixed this week, you will. He's just busy today. So, coming up at ten ten, Jeff Fulmer, the president of the CPPA, is going to be joining me, the uh, uh, Cleveland Police Patrolmen's Association, talk about Issue Twenty Four and the death of policing in America or in uh, Cleveland, rather, if it passes. The Death of Policing in Cleveland, if it passes. And I'll let him explain that coming up at 1010. Uh, let's go to Charlie and Wesley. Hey, Charlie, you're on the air. Go right ahead, sir.
2: Hey, Bob. Thanks for taking the call. Mm-hmm. Good show. I like Dement a lot. I, I, I really missed him when he left the Senate. Um, Agreed. I am coming to your your Vax party on. Uh, I got my T shirt on Saturday.
1: So, that's a boy. That's what I like to hear. Thursday night, Avenue Tap House in Lakewood. Anybody who wants to be at my antibodies party, you don't have to have active antibodies. That's what we're calling it to shine a spotlight. You just have to support natural immunity, whether you have it or not. Uh, that's that's what we're gathering together for. I'm glad you're going to be there, Charlie. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, I support the. I, I don't. I'm not going to have the natural antibodies. I'm not planning on getting sick between now and. Thursday, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was watching uh, Judge Janine, and she reiterated on Saturday, we have to know that this is Obama behind all of this stuff, these intentional crises, and now this newest one with the shipping, this is all intentional, they're trying to bring America to collapse us, and, and Janine, just, Justice Janine said, come on, we all see it, we know it's Obama, we know it's Obama, I just wanted to know what you thought about that.
1: Well, I I think he's part of it. Absolutely, I think he's part of it. I don't think he was just playing around. You know, that video you've probably have seen uh, of him uh, a couple of years ago, saying that if he could, uh, you know, have a third term behind the scenes, not actually be in power, but be behind the scenes of power and kind of controlling things, that's what he would love to do. I think he's a big part of that. But I think it's bigger. I think uh, the cabal, if you will, is bigger. I think George Soros plays a massive role in this, as do a number of other uh, uh, far left finance. And and yes, Barack Obama is part of that. Uh, he he had a plan, and this is what this is what these kinds of people do. They they're very good at being patient and playing the long game. He had a plan, and he said so at the beginning, actually in his campaign uh, before he took power in two thousand eight. He said he wanted to fundamentally transform the country. And he knew you can't fundamentally transform the entire nation in just two presidential terms. It's going to be a long game. He's going to do what he can from that seat when he was in it, and then from behind the seat when the next opportunity came, and that's where we are now. Uh, people like yes. that, and I'm talking about socialists, I'm talking about communists, I'm talking about, um, quite frankly, not that they're one and the same. I don't want anybody accusing me here, but I mean, Uh, jihadists and Islamists whose goal is to essentially wipe out all other world religions and kill all infidels and make this a one-world Islamic uh, you know, establish an uh, an Islamic caliphate they're willing to play the long game and wait and do this over decades and they do so from, as I say sometimes in front of the camera sometimes they are behind the scenes and right now Barack Obama is among those behind the scenes working the long game
2: Yeah, the behind the scenes thing as a president, he really couldn't do the things that he wants to do because he'd be blamed, but he's not getting blamed for it. Well,
1: he did a number of them. He still did it. He still did it. You yeah, know, he he, he still he still put DACA in, which is literally changing the face of the electorate of this country as they continue to allow millions and millions of people. To, I mean, thank you for the call, my friend. He uh, he instituted Obamacare for the first time in history, requiring all Americans to purchase a product from a private enterprise, or risk being fined and sent to jail with the mandate and Obamacare. He did some things while he was there that that advanced that cause, but like I said, some things he could do from within the chair of power, some things he has to do from behind the throne, uh, and to work with and uh, and to uh, establish new policies for the current king. And that's what he's doing right now with Biden, in my view. Thank you, Charlie, for the call. Quick time out for news. Flip side, Jeff Fulmer, AM 1420, The Answer.